The FCC exposes fraud in the emergency broadband benefit program. T-Mobile settles for more than $19 million on a 911 outage. And for LPFM stations, the numbers are in on the recent NCE window. REC, FCC Today, BG Bradley. This is FCC Today, the podcast for Tuesday, November 23rd. 2021. On Monday, the FCC's Office of the Inspector General issued an advisory to call attention to suspected fraud that is taking place in the Emergency Broadband Benefit Program. The Emergency Broadband Benefit is a $3.2 billion COVID-19 relief program that provides consumers a monthly benefit of up to $50 towards their monthly internet access bill. The program was extended through the recently enacted Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act into the Affordable Connectivity Program, which Congress allocated $14.2 billion to the program. The OIG has identified that improper and abusive enrollments are being made to the EBB program in connection with the USDA National School Lunch Program's community eligibility provision. Specifically, sales agents for providers of emergency broadband benefit service are enrolling households by falsely claiming that a dependent child attends a community eligibility program school during the eligibility verification process. The OIG cites a case in Florida in which 1,884 households were enrolled into the EBB based on a school that only had 200 students. There are more cases like this in Florida and in other states. In a statement, Commissioner Brendan Carr was outraged by the OIG's findings calling for the bad actors to be held accountable and for the FCC to put tighter controls in place to assure that bad actors like these can no longer defraud the American public. The OIG points out that this fraud is not directly consumer-driven, but is driven by bad actor providers and their sales agents. Anyone with information on this fraud or any kind of fraud in an FCC program should contact the Office of the Inspector General at 888 888- 863-2244 or hotline at FCC.gov. The FCC has also announced $169 million in emergency connectivity funding for 492 schools and 70 libraries to receive over 380,000 connected devices and over 135,000 broadband connections, connecting nearly 500,000 students to the 10 million students that the program has already benefited. The FCC's Enforcement Bureau and T-Mobile have agreed to a consent decree in regards to a major 911 outage. This all happened on June 15, 2020, when an outage caused congestion across T-Mobile's network and caused the failure of more than 23,000 911 calls, as well as over 43,000 calls to 911, not including location or callback information. The consent decree calls for a detailed compliance program and a settlement payment of $19.5 million. 
REC Networks has released LPFM Advisory Letter Number 13, which provides detailed information on the impacts made to the LPFM service as a result of the recent filing window for new non-commercial educational FM stations on the 20 reserve band channels from 88.1 to 91.9. While the study shows that many LPFM stations operating on 88.1 to 92.3 are not likely to receive any new encroaching interference from the window applicants, at least seven LPFM stations will be forced to change their operations to a different channel as a result of full-service stations moving in. Another 19 LPFM stations will see new incoming interference as a result of the NCE window. While there are 2,077 licensed LPFM stations, only 63 are currently authorized in the reserve band. This is mainly due to the overprotection of low-powered TV stations on Channel 6, an issue that was partially relieved last year in MB Docket 19-193, as well as the treatment of all full-service stations as full facilities regardless of the actual size of the station. LPFM stations are secondary in status and must give way when spectrum is needed for new or modified primary full services. LPFM secondary status is enshrined in Section 5, Subsection 3 of the Local Community Radio Act of 2010. A copy of the advisory letter is available at our website, recnet.com. There's currently a bug lurking in the FCC's online public inspection file system. In fact, many bugs, if you ask some. REC has been made aware that at this time, the URL for an individual station's public file requires that the call sign be entered in all capital letters. Until now, it has tolerated the call sign in lowercase letters. Full service stations are required to maintain a link to the public file system at their station's website, and therefore listeners wishing to access the public file may be getting sent to a 404 not found message at the FCC. REC Networks has contacted staff, and we were advised that the Media Bureau was already aware of the issue and is working to resolve it. Stations can play it safe by changing their links to include the station's call sign in all capital letters. FCC Today. FCC Today, the podcast is available at the REC websites, recnet.com, fccdata.org, and of course, fcc.today. It's also available at Podbean, Apple, Google, TuneIn, iHeart, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Our comment line for calls and texts is 202-963-0852. And our email address is fcctoday at recnet.com. This has been a production of REC Networks. I'm Michelle Bradley, certified broadcast technologist. Stay safe. Thanks for listening. REC. REC. REC.